Joining us now to talk about all of this now is James Carafano with the Heritage Foundation, Vice President for Foreign and Security Policy. Uh, I have to get your take, James, on what is happening right now in Mariupol, because, boy, it just sounds so just horrible. Well, you know, the U.S. has has been through this before. 1956, uh, Hungarian uprising. 1968, um, the, the Czech Revolution, both were efforts to throw off the control of the Soviet Union. And uh, the U.S. really couldn't do anything because it was on the, the, the other side of, of that curtain. And this is this is a very similar situation. Um, but you, when you ask, I mean, you, you keep asking the right question, which was, how did we get here? in really such a predictable place. And it was, you know, look, I mean, it's not a partisan comment. You know, nothing I say is really, you know, I'm picking on one political party or the other. But we all want America to be successful. We all want America to be a, a force for good in, in the world. And, you know, it's funny because tonight uh, at our annual meeting, you know, Donald Trump came and speak to us. And, and to me, the most powerful, important thing he said is, is when America is strong, when America is strong, the world sleeps safer. And what we've seen in the last two years of this presidency, which is what we saw in the eight years of the Obama presidency, was the, the lack of recognition of the, the basic notion when you confront regimes like Iran and Russia and China, and that is weakness doesn't beget friendship. Weakness invites aggression. And when you show a, a weak face to these countries, th- they take advantage of that. I mean, this was this was the lesson that Ronald Reagan taught us when he talked about peace through strength. It wasn't intimidating other people. It wasn't pushing other people around. It was when evil people come at you, what forces them to back strong, you know, it's like when you show the sign of the cross to the vampire, it's the power of strength. And, and what Biden did from the day he came into office was send the wrong signals to the Russians. And then when it was incredibly clear for over a year that Putin was massing for this war, all we did was, was we, we, we tried to somehow placate and demonstrate weakness. If we had done the things that we do today a year or just a year ago, the, the Russians would have never attacked because they would have seen that Ukraine is armed and resourced and supported. And Putin would not have risked that. So there is there isn't, you know, uh, you know, I'm a historian in addition to being having a career in the military. And I know you read you read history books and, and you want there to that somehow there's got to be an answer to this. There's got to be a solution that solves all the problems. And the, the reality of, of reality is, is that often it doesn't happen. And just like in in 1956 and 1968, when we stood there and we watched terrible things happen, um, My answer to that is if you didn't want those horrible, bad things to happen, then you should have done something beforehand. And that's the situation that we're we're facing today. And even today, I think if if we had not been so slow in terms of pushing the arms and the support to the Ukrainians that they need, they would have been much, you know, they would have been much better able to try to lift the siege of Mariupol. And now we're playing this racing game, trying to get stuff in there. That will allow them to kind of take enough offensive to break the siege of the city. I I just I just don't know how how we get that stuff there fast enough now. 
Yeah, and now we're trying to, but just like you just said, we're so behind the eight ball, James Carafano, and that's the problem. You know, I also want to get your reaction to this comment, too, um, because you were with President Trump um, tonight, as you just talked about, and he was always very sort of clear on leadership. And just as you said, it's sort of strength begets, you know, respect when you're dealing with people like a Putin and and somebody who wishes to do the world harm. Um, I want to play a comment, James, that... Uh, President Biden made just a few hours ago. It was really astounding. And get your reaction. Here it is. Our unity at home, our unity with our allies and partners, and our unity with the Ukrainian people is sending an unmistakable message to Putin. He will never succeed in dominating and occupying all of Ukraine. Now, James, a lot of people are taking, and I want to get your thoughts from a military perspective on this, when he says he will never succeed in dominating all of Ukraine. Right away, people came out and went, whoa, 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 whoa. The answer should be from the leader of America um, would have been, don't touch one inch of Ukraine. You will never succeed in having an inch of Ukraine. It's a sovereign country. But it almost sounds like he's ready to give away part of Ukraine to Russia. It, look, this is this is the bystander in chief in action. What you're not getting is a vision. You're not getting a goal. You're not getting a direction. What you're getting is a description of what is going on today. Because Ukraine didn't collapse in a New York minute, which is what the administration expected, which is why they did nothing. Because the Ukrainians fought and held their ground, then the Europeans said, oh, OK, well, we've got to support them. And the U.S. went along with that. And, and because, you know, Afghanistan was such a disaster, Biden didn't dare, didn't dare do nothing. And, yeah, the vast majority of Americans want to see this as an unjust war and want to support the Ukrainians. So what you heard from the president was a description of what is going on in the world. You didn't hear from the president saying, and this is what we're going to do about it. And, and this has been the problem with this administration all the time. Their the, the response is always, what is the, the minimum I can do, the minimum risk I can take? Um, and you know, you, you, Obama had this famous thing of leading from behind. And we're not even leading from behind. Essentially, we're following what everybody is doing. This is a, a presidency that is dragged along by momentum. It is the opposite of what you saw you know, for example, in, in a Reagan presidency or, a, or an Eisenhower or a Trump presidency, you know, a vision of going to a powerful place because the, the, the obsession of this administration, I mean, if, if, you, if you take everything the president's talked about in the last couple of weeks, um, he, the, 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 the talk about climate, it's still all about climate, it's still all about the domestic things that, that they want to do. That's his focus. It's not about leading the nation through a crisis. Um, and I, I think his own words on that are, are pretty clear and distinct on that. There's no – there, there's the sentence of Ronald Reagan you know, saying, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, this vision of going to a place. And instead, what you hear from Biden is really is, is something like you would hear from a, a news anchor saying, well, here's where we are today. You know, well, they're not going to conquer all of Ukraine. Well, we all know they're not going to conquer all of Ukraine because the Ukrainians are fighting for that. So what's, what is the president adding? What, where is, what is the leadership that he is bringing to this?
No, you're right. He's not leading from the front. And just as you said, when America doesn't lead from the front and doesn't lead and is sort of cowering, as it seems in many ways to Putin and and really leading, not even leading, but just kind of like drifting from behind. It, it I think I use the description, James, that it's sort of like a rudderless um, a rudderless leadership. And, and right know, now and, we're seeing what's happening in, in Mariupol. I mean, where's where's the know, leadership and, now? And, and, you know, in contrast to that, I mean, you know, again, I'm, I'm not a political because I'm, I'm working on a nonpartisan think tank. I'm not even a Republican. I don't even belong to a political party. But, you know, you know, contrast this with with, you know, the other line that stuck with me from from Trump's speech. Uh, he goes, you know, he goes, everybody thought I liked Putin. Except Putin. Putin feared Trump, and he feared Trump because Trump did things. These guys, they, were, they, they look at what we do, not what we say. The defining moment of Middle East history could have been if we, when, when, the, when, when Trump took out Soleimani, the, 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 the lead terrorist in Iran. Yep. He was actually in Iraq organizing attacks against Americans, and for the two presidents before him were constantly warned, you can't go after this guy. That's a red line. But Trump, Trump not only went after him, he took him out in Iraq. And, and the Iranian response to that was incredibly predictable. Did they rain fire and hell down in the United States? No. They actually, they actually said, this is a man to fear. You know, there's a very similar incident that, that happened in Syria where some um, – uh, Russian missionaries attacked a U.S. compound, and the U.S. response to that was the president ordered that they just basically bomb the guys off the face of the earth. And the response from that, from Putin, which I which I've heard from a number of different diplomatic sources, so I believe it was, well, okay, let's not do that again. Yeah, so, and, and and there's no sense of fear now, and that I think that's sadly, exactly right, right, and that is sad, and it's sad, you know, obviously it's sad for America, it's sad for the world, and boys, it's sad. You know, for the people in Ukraine and Mariupol right now, because they're going, wait a minute, we thought America would help us. You know, we thought America would lead this pack. And now they have such a different president uh, that's leading the charge. And meanwhile, they're fighting with everything they have, which is just it's been extraordinary. James, thank you so much. James Carafano, the senior vice president there over at Heritage Foundation and great military guy. Uh, Vice President for Foreign and Security Policy at Heritage Foundation. Thank you so much, James. Right. Great talking to you. Thanks for having me. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.